0: Welcome to the Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast with your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, welcome to the Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Peckford, and I started this podcast for rookies answering questions on challenges they may have, and I kind of mix between doing interviews with people, so I'll bring people on that are rookies that are doing some cool stuff, or just talking about topics that come up. And today's topic is about buying a book of business, and so this is something someone had emailed Nikki my producer about with a whole bunch of questions on how to buy a book of business and so I'm going to share with you I actually sold a book of business when I did I had four or five people that were looking at buying it and the way that I sold it was probably five times more valuable than the initial offer that I got and so I'll break that down for you so whether you're buying or selling there's actually a way I think to do this where it can be a win for both parties before we jump into that I want to give a shout out to a title sponsor Finmo Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application, document collection, submission platform designed specifically for Canadian borrowers. It's really easy to use. It's got something called Smart Docs, So as they're filling out the app, it knows exactly what documents are going to be required. And so we have found that more and more people, when they're filling out your app, they actually have a lot of their documents in hand. And so they can actually send those to you right after the app. And we're seeing that happen more often. Check them out at lendesk.com slash Finmo. All right. So... Buying a book of business. This is something that, as a rookie, you're probably like, "Man, that would be awesome! Wouldn't it be great to just have a, you know, a bunch of clients already? And maybe if you did it right, some referral partners. It could be an amazing opportunity for you, as well as the person who's trying to transition out." So, I'm going to give you kind of three things to think about for this as a buyer, and then I'm going to, at the end. I'm going to tell you how I sold my book of business uh, for five hundred thousand dollars instead of hundred thousand dollars, which is what I was offered, and what I would do different. I think I could have sold for seven hundred fifty thousand. But I made one little mistake, which I will share with you. But let's jump into this. So first thing is, if you're buying a book of business, do not write a check. Under no circumstances should you write a check for a mortgage book of business, because often it is extremely difficult to evaluate, and it creates the wrong alignment. So let's imagine now, just a couple scenarios. So you buy somebody's book of business, which is a list. They have no more incentive to help you get more money out of that book of business. It's kind of like, they got their money. Thank you. High five. I'm out so they no longer have an incentive to continue to support you so six months 12 months down the road some of their friends reach out to them about getting a mortgage maybe they refer them to you right and then you're going to be like well i don't want to pay you a split on them because i already bought the book of business so instead they refer them to a friend who's going to give them a split so the seller gets paid twice and you get no ongoing value so that's what i would say as a buyer as a seller i would say if you do this right and if you have a good book of business like if your clients trust you and you've stayed in touch with them, so a list of names of a spreadsheet that you've never contacted in 10 years is not a database. But if you've been consistently staying in touch with them, you will make more money selling it over a period of time than you will taking a check. So it's in your interest as well to do it that way. So first thing is, is do not write a check under no circumstances. I personally would not write a check. And when I sold my book of business, I had about five or six different people looking at it and I was offered six figure checks and thank God I did not take it because I ended up doing a much better deal. That was better for me, better for the buyer. And both of us came out way further ahead. So that's the first thing I would say. Second thing is that, make sure that there's a transition plan. So versus don't write a check, make sure there's a transition plan. Just buying a list of names and saying, thanks, high five, I'm out, peace. That may be great for the seller because the seller just wants to move on to something else. It's not great for you as a buyer. It's also not great for the seller either if the seller set up the deal properly, because what happens is that you want to get a transition plan. So what we did, so when I sold my book of business, So I've been running this thing called a VIP club to my database for a long time. Something I came up with. And then I've since sold that company to Ryan Wiley. But you can go check that out. I don't even know where the website is, but you can go find VIP club for mortgage brokers. And so basically it runs contests to your database on a monthly basis. And I started this in 2009. And I ran this monthly to my my database, plus other campaigns that we ran to the database. So they knew who I was, saw my face every month. And so when I sold my book of business, I didn't just go piece out. My clients were like, they didn't know. And so I didn't say to my clients, hey, I'm selling my book of business. Jules is who bought my book of business, Jules Ferris. And so in my newsletter, it was a picture of me in the the left corner, picture of her in the right corner. And for the first year, all emails still came out through me. She had my email address. So then any of those emails that came in, she would get. So any of those replies, she would get them. But I still had my other personal email address and I would still get people that would refer me clients or people would say, hey, Scott, can you help me through a mortgage? And my canned response was, hey, I'm actually just working on another project right now, but I've got an amazing business partner, Jules, who will help you out. And I would CC Jules on those. I did not announce to the world that my business was sold. So that was the first thing. So that was part of the transition plan. The second year, we then switched directions. Now, Jules was in the left corner and I was in the right. And then it was like, oh, she's taking over. And I think in the third year, the emails actually came from her then. So they kept seeing her for two years before we moved me out of the picture. And she was... Always involved in that. So that's the second thing. The other thing with the transition plan is is that there's more than just a list. Hopefully, if you're any good at your job, you have, you know, a half dozen realtor partners who really like you that send you a lot of business, maybe more. I went around to all my best realtor partners and I set up lunch meetings and I brought Jules in and I said, This is my new business partner, Jules. He's going to be taking care of the business going forward, helping out your clients. And there was a little bit of reluctance for sure. But some of my best referral partners and because I ended up selecting somebody, Jules is awesome. I'm telling you, this was a good deal for both of us. So she basically took over those relationships and they said, okay, I'll try her out. And sure enough, she knocked it out of the park. You know, it worked out great. They loved her. And I'm convinced that within a year that most of them wouldn't even have come back. If I came back to the business, it would have been like, sorry, Scott, I'm not working with you. anymore work with Jules. So good on them and good for Jules and good for me too, because we worked on a deal together. So that was the second thing. You got to have a transition plan. Don't write a check. And then finally, I'd say be flexible. So like... I saw that Jules was growing like crazy. I think when she bought my book of business, keep in mind, this was back when mortgages were like 300 grand a year, or at least when our market, they were 300,000. So it probably was doing about 120 mortgages. I was kind of wanting to move on to something else. And initially, actually, my plan was to create a podcast network for mortgage brokers and help them set up podcasts in their local markets. Anyways, I can get into that another time, but that didn't work. It kind of worked, but not as well as I would have liked. I'm a big fan of running experiments and transitioned into the training business, which did really well. And so in any case, be flexible. So here's what I noticed. I know she was growing like crazy and she got up to, I think she got up to like 60 million or 40 million. And I was like, in order for her to keep going, she wanted to get to hundred million. In order to get to hundred million, she's gonna need an underwriter. But she also had to pay me a split on all files and I'll break that down in a little bit. But so what I said to her is I said, look, let's find you an underwriter that can help take the file from submission to you know completion and then you can focus on selling and we will pay the underwriter before my split. So that wasn't part of our original agreement. If I wasn't willing to do that, she may have waited longer to hire. Maybe she wouldn't have wanted to hire. And she ended up in her fifth year after buying my book of business, she got up to 100 million. So from like 60 to 100, I think, something like that in that last year. And it's because she was able to put the support in place because she knew I had her back. So I was flexible on that. That would be the other thing is I would say that you have to be flexible. And last kind of note on this, which is not really a point. So first, don't write a check. You know, make sure the transition plan and you got both parties have to be flexible, the buyer and the seller, if you guys want to get the most value and build a good, like we have a great relationship even to this day, right? Like, so she now has a fantastic mortgage business. It worked out for me. As I said, I made 500 grand over a four-year period. So it was amazing for both parties. So the one thing that's really important as a buyer or a seller, and I'm aiming this at rookies, is that a highly motivated rookie is a way better buyer of your book of business than another experienced mortgage broker. By a long shot because here's the thing that experienced mortgage broker already has clients they've already got referral partners and so when they've got files and let's say you're doing a transition plan where they're gonna you're gonna do a split with them over you know x split over y period of time and they got two files on their desk and one of them they're going to keep 100 of the commission on the second one they're going to give to you which one they're going to work harder on like yeah so that means you as the seller you're not getting paid so that's one of the problems the second problem is is that it gets really murky in where did these referrals come from? So let's say I, you know, sell my book of business and there's a name on there, Bob Smith, the person buying my book of business. So you in this case, if you're the listener, you do the mortgage for Bob Smith. And then Bob Smith's like, you know what, you're great. I'm going to refer you my friend Sally. And then you refer Sally. Well, you got to trust that A, they're organized enough to keep track of that B, that they're actually going to report it. And if they don't, like, how are you going to know? You're not going to know. And so it becomes an auditing nightmare to keep track of like who gets paid on what, which files. What I like are extremely motivated, coachable rookies who are going to work hard on that book of business because for them, this is their big break. And the other thing is that when Jules and I, because she had a small book of business when she started working with me, but I had said to her right from the beginning, I'm like, when we do the split, it's a split on everything. So all I needed to look at was the commission statement for the week. I knew exactly how much I was getting paid and exactly how much she was getting paid. And so it worked out for both of us because I didn't have to worry about like, oh, well, these files are included and this one isn't. And then it's like, okay, my, you know, not that I don't trust her. I did trust her, but like, I have a friend once who um, has a large company and he found out his president was stealing from him. And I'm like, well, what did you do with that? And he goes, well, I just, it was my fault. I left a hole in my business and by fixing it, it prevented that from happening. And then I'm like, did you fire the guy? He said, no, I didn't even fire him. Cause he him would have been a huge pain. The guy was running my entire, my $10 million a year company. And I was like, "Oh, okay, so in this case, same thing. If you make it easy for people to steal from you or even just to make it confusing for them, that's gonna happen, right? So I like highly motivated rookies who are wanting to buy the book of business and will include all volume in that book of business. So how did I sell my book of business for 500 instead of 100,000 and how could I have made more money? So what I ended up deciding on with Jules is we did a transition plan. It was a four-year deal, 50% split in the first year of the gross commission. And then it was 25% for the next three years. And so it turned out to be 150 grand in the first year, but her volume kept going up, keep in mind, right? So even though my split went down because we had a transition plan, because I you know, made sure that she met all my referral partners, because we marketed to the database and because she's dang good at her job, her volume kept going up. And so it turned out to be 500 grand over four years. And the only thing that I would have done differently if I you know, had my time back is I would have made it a five-year deal. I think at the time, I don't think Jules would have cared either way, And in her last year, she did 100 million. So that would have probably pushed my portion to 750 for over five years. It worked out. I'm super happy for Jules. She's amazing. Now, here's my final thoughts on this. Quick recap. If you're buying a book of business, don't write a check. It is better to buy X you know, split over Y period of time. That's the first thing. Second, have a transition plan. Really important. And transition everything, not just the database, but also referral partners, anybody that they can introduce you to so that you get the most possible value out of it. Three, be flexible you know, with both of you and make sure that the person buying your book of business ideally is a motivated, newer person that will include all volume in it. If you sell to an experienced person, they're not gonna get the value out of it. As soon as they get busy again, they're not gonna care. Personally, I wouldn't do it. And if you're a buyer and the seller just wants to check and wants to piece out, you're probably not gonna make as much money. They're just not. It's not gonna be worth it for you either. So like everybody loses in that scenario. So hopefully find that helpful if you're deciding to buy a book of business. I can tell you that if you are an experienced agent and you happen to be listening to the show, we have at our brokerage, we have a fantastic rookie training program. And we have some rookies that would be amazing at taking over your book of business. I can tell you, like I said, I've talked to six different people and Jules was like by far and away the best opportunity for me to sell the book of business to. And so, you know, reach out to me. I'd be happy to. Maybe there's a way to connect you with somebody who's at our brokerage that's shown a ton of drive and ambition, and extremely coachable, and will crush your book of business and make you both a lot of money. I'd be happy to help that. And if you're with our brokerage, two things: one, we'd help you set that up, and two, we'd also make sure that you get paid. So, like, we can see all the money that comes in. So it's very easy for us to make sure you don't have to worry about tracking down commission splits and stuff. We'd actually do it for you. So, hopefully, you find that helpful. Thanks for listening, guys. If you're a rookie. Go to rookie2rockstar.ca. To check out a recording we have on how we help rookies find and fund their first 10 files. And if you're experienced, shoot me an email and say, hey, Scott, I want to sell a book of business and maybe we can chat. Thanks guys, peace out. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.